0: Hi, this is Aris Alvarado from Gilmore Girls. Uh, You're listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box, where everything is awesome. Anything outside the long box crew, this is Doyle, and uh, I'm here today with Dacia M. Arnold. Is that correct? That's right. <laughs> she is well i'll let her tell you about herself but we're here mostly today to talk to you about her latest book dirty bombs uh which i recently purchased as well and read on kindle so i will say i can definitely recommend it if you're a fan of the zombie genre and it's a different look on the zombie genre as well uh we've had like something kind of like it i think with like world war z which is like a similar thing but it's not the same thing at all you get a much more militarized perspective so but i'll let you talk we'll see about your book but how you doing today
1: Hey, I'm doing great. We actually we used to live in Colorado, which is how I became familiar with sticking outside of the long box. Uh, but we moved out to the Pennsylvania woods into a house that does not have air conditioning. Oh jeez, uh, yeah. So I have a nice little dewy glow to my skin.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah, that, I can imagine that'd be pretty pretty difficult. It's still cool here, actually. Like we got one day, we got to like 80 last week and it dropped immediately back down to 50 again so it's been 50 60 still here in colorado
1: um that's be nice um we're, we're re- reaching up in the 80s now getting yard work done and stuff like that
0: i think it, it would be nice for summer to show up though it is nice to have it cool but still feeling not like summer here
1: oh yeah or, but convention seasons right right around the
0: it's true i'm looking forward to it
1: <laughs> finally we're getting back into real life
0: do you do a lot of conventions to as start as selling your books go
1: I do. um, So I haven't done a few for a few years now. So since COVID hit last year, I did one convention, which was a drink of water. It was very refreshing. Every year I do a charity event called Scares That Care in Williamsburg, Virginia. Um, It's it's an amazing event. It's it's a horror convention, but it is very family friendly. The community is great. I highly recommend anyone uh, go this year. It is at the end of July.
0: Hmm. And for those of us, because I believe Gabe did interview you a couple of years back, correct? But I don't know if a lot of our audience probably haven't heard that or even if they have. But would you mind introducing your background a little bit to us? Because you have quite, I was going through your bio And just you talking a little bit today to me before we started, but you have a pretty interesting background as far as all the things you've done. So
1: thank you. I'm a busy lady for sure. I write uh, science fiction, predominantly a dystopian mom fiction, which kind of where the newer book with the zombie apocalypse really falls into that, that umbrella as well. And a lot of it streamed from when I left the military after 10 years, I really struggled with. My, my place in the world. And, and because in the military, if crap hits the fan, you know where to go and you know what to do. But when you leave an organization like that, crap hits the fan, it's like, where do I go? What do I do? I have this crazy skill set and I want to continue to to serve my community. And, and how, how do I do that? But not only that, but now I'm, you know, married and have these two small children. And if crap hits the fan, I don't just got to keep myself alive. I got to keep these little people alive too. So it it was kind of like this therapy to play out these crazy scenarios to prove to myself that yes, I could do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think you'd probably get much farther than I would. I I have zero survival skills.
1: Uh, Also, like, I think around the time that my first book, Apparent Power, came out in uh, 2019, it was around like when Hunger Games and Divergent was really, really popular. But when I was a teenager, I was, I was an idiot. Like, I didn't know anything. So I was looking for the books about, you know, the mom that saved the world because, you know, as, as a teenager, I was not saving anyone from anything, but as a mom, like I could make a baby carrier out of a sweatshirt and a hair tie. Like (laughs) I've got, I grew six arms, you know, I don't.
0: I will say, yeah, that, that genre is pretty underrepresented. I think that there, we've talked about it before on the podcast around the time of like, aliens and whatnot there was like a, a decent resurgence as far as like women character goes but they weren't really like moms per se um Even, and the only one i can think of is bird box
1: oh, oh i love josh and bird box and then mallory the yeah the sequel um such such a good book and a great example um mother's day is right around the corner and i wrote this really good article about uh dystopian moms and what to get different moms for Mother's Day and for, for Mallory from, from Bird Box, I said, get her a food subscription service. <laughs> <laughs> so that she wouldn't have to yeah. go out forging for food. You just leave it on the porch and she can have her blindfold on and go get it. That would be nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, she, we live in the day of uh, DoorDash. be pretty simple. <laughs> Contactless delivery saves the day.
1: Oh, yeah, right. But it's <laughs> it's crazy, especially in military fiction. Like, you will there's there's a lot of female clichés in military fiction and a lot of it is if you're if you are not a female and you've never served in the military you've only been ever, you've only ever been exposed to male figures in the military otherwise yeah. you have the sex pot like you know female or the the dumb women officers who don't know what they're talking about or oh, I feel
0: like you kind of, you also get that, I mean, it's still just as cliche, but you also get that, like, super G.I. Jane girl as well.
1: Yes, that, oh, Butch, yeah, That's, yeah, That, yeah. Might, it, is, that
0: might as well true. just be another guy character, yeah, <laughs>
1: even like,
0: though I'm sure they exist, but.
1: But in the Army, like, we're moms. We're <laughs> yes. we're moms, you know, and we, we come in all shapes and sizes and all, you know, all, all you know, it, it's, we're just as diverse and it's, it's no different than any other
0: any other person <laughs> yeah, or family work oh yeah, yeah yeah oh I get you It's just a different kind of family work dynamic
1: yeah.
0: I will say something I see a lot in media today, and I will i pre I don't want to give like too many like details about the books. I think people should go read it, but like, I'm sure you'll describe it a little bit more soon, but one thing I did appreciate it about I feel like a lot of and I don't they're probably not women writing them, but a lot of women centric characters today I, I feel like are' just being put in roles because they want a woman to be in it. And then they're not spending as much effort telling a good story, or as opposed to reading Dirty Bombs. I felt like it was just a really good story and it just happened to be a mom character who was the lead. And I feel like that's what makes recognizable good characters as far as like, it doesn't, to me, I don't care who the good character is or who the main character is, as long as the story is actually well written. And taken in a good direction and so having that skill set and that like military experience i'm sure helped you write that story but it's definitely refreshing to see that point of view as opposed to like they just put a woman in this because that's like the quota now
1: yeah right thank you for that and and the main character is a mom but the thing about being in the military is and being in a war situation is they try they as in Big army, big military, try to remove as many distractions as possible from the fight, because if you're distracted, you're not going you're not going to fight well. And she she touches on that a few times through the story of I have this switch. I need to turn that off or else. I'm going to be dangerous. I'm going to be distracted.
0: It makes sense too. Like it's something I would never have thought of not being in the military and not being a mom, two things. I can think of a Superman reference. That's very similar, but that's about it. But yeah, I would have, I would have never thought about that process, but yeah, like, you know, I do have family, so you would be worried and you would have something to do, but if you can't compartmentalize that, it's only going to distract you and, an intense situation.
1: Yeah. And, and compartmentalization is, is a big coping mechanism, something that, that we did a whole lot of. It's like when you have these these crazy trauma experiences, if you don't have a place set aside in your brain to put that and then save it for later when you have time and energy and space to actually process what just happened like those are those are the times when when people have a hard time coming back from PTSD and and um situation yeah.
0: yeah yeah that definitely makes a lot of sense it's feel like dragging either your life into it or it into your life it's probably not good either way
1: and my, actually my choice to get out of the military happened around the time I had my first child and at that point, I wasn't able to separate the two. So I just decided not to to renew my contracts because being being in in healthcare, I've seen, children like be collateral damage of air strike or something like that and back then I wasn't I was you know 22 years old (laughs) I was a child uh, without a child Uh, but now it's like I can't I can't look at a kid and not think that could be my kid so it's a really hard thing to separate
0: I definitely see how that could be a problem (laughs) yeah so what Kind of I mean, I have not read your other books. This is the first one of yours that I've read. It does seem like it's separate from the series that you wrote. Is that correct?
1: It is.
0: What kind of got you writing the dystopian has that just always been like a a type of sci-fi or fiction that you've liked or is it just something later to come along or just the military experience
1: so i think dystopian i think because of my military experience i have a lot to say i have a lot of survival skills i'm really excited to share those with everybody because they're they're strange (laughs) they're they're not intuitive they are and i and i say this a lot muscle memory they are things that were Like when people are yelling in your face all the time and then the lights are flashing over here and you're getting called stupid and all kinds of other derogatory terms and you still have to function and get the job done. And you have to do it with 100% accuracy. So it's like it becomes muscle memory. It's like no matter what's happening right now, I know that if I have to throw up, I'm going to turn my head. Like, I know that if I see a gunshot wound, I'm going to look for the exit wound. Like, it's all these things yeah. uh, that are there. So I feel like that really makes dystopian fiction attractive to me to explore those scenarios and kind of, you know, it's a better coping mechanism than being obsessive or being a prepper.
0: Like, yeah, I yeah, yeah, I just put
1: in
0: that door. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Every once in a while a I'm like buy but... extra things, but <laughs> you can definitely Actually, go
1: the toilet paper shortage of 2020
0: <laughs> Yes. We hoarded for sure here as well.
1: Oh, it us a lot. See, I had already had toilet paper, so it wasn't a big deal for me. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone thought I was crazy. No. Oh, definitely that, not.
0: <laughs> you were proven <laughs> you were proven good. correct. <laughs> So yeah, so dystopian fiction is, I would say, one of my favorite genres as well. This, from what I understand about your previous work, they were more like, were there superpowers involved, it seemed like, what I read? There,
1: there are. So it's like if if Divergent grew up and had kids, gotcha. all that fan base, and it's also kind of like, like an X-Men sense, but everyone has the same power. Sure. It's only, it's only a small group of the population that does.
0: Yeah, I remember reading something like genetics or like a genetic thing. So, But then this time, you've went with the um, horror element a little bit, zombies, which is my favorite genre. And Walking Dead is something we've covered a lot, which is like the biggest zombie thing that's been out for the longest time, I guess.
1: Still with it. I feel like I'm the only one still with The Walking Dead. Like, i
0: would watched for five more years if they kept doing it.
1: Oh, I would too. I would absolutely. Including I think fear even, the walking
0: dead. I think it's good too.
1: I started fear and I didn't stick with fear and then boundaries. I was watching, I, I kept up with, with the new one with the kids.
0: Okay. Yeah. Fear. I've, I've told people, I mean, like it's totally different because the first, I feel like two seasons are really slow
1: uh-huh.
0: and then it gets really, really good. And I think it actually gets better than the regular walking dead in my opinion, but, but yeah, you do have to like suffer <laughs> for like two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> of like yeah. terrible but well, what about I, those oh good
1: oh so I actually um have started adapting the my first book to a screenplay and I took a master class from Shonda Shonda Grimes and right. she she does Grey's Anatomy but she says like your your series through each season it has to be the same story every season it has to be the same but it has to be different and then like I feel like People wanted The Walking Dead to morph, but that's not what TV shows do because the minute yeah. you change The Walking Dead's focus from people trying to attack you or you attacking another person, like then it's not The Walking Dead anymore, it's something else.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, that's just a lot to ask a production company to do when they're spending millions of dollars per episode. Just gamble. Oh, right. <laughs> plus they're going off the of source material that's, you know, 150 comics long which they divert from but I mean they kind of got like, stick with it a little bit.
1: It's it's great. I I love it and and I'm kind of it, it's bittersweet to to go into the the third act of the final season.
0: So what's uh I agree. But what's a um, what's it like writing as I imagine writing a screenplay is totally different than a book.
1: It is. Um so it's it's really hard. It's easy and it's hard. So a lot of it is is pretty much dialogue. And yeah. then you have to trust that the actor's interpretation is what you envision in your head. And sometimes it's better. But it, it gave me a really, really big appreciation for writers and film because... While an actor can deliver this killer line or this killer monologue and oh my gosh I do remember when you said this that actor did not write that they did not make it up it was the writers who made it up so it gives me like a a really you know wider understanding of what Hollywood entails
0: yeah but I mean not only that in a book which is why I enjoy reading but you have all of the environmental elements given to you in whatever the writer's style is, which is nice because it upset your imagination. But I would imagine it's hard writing a screenplay because you have to know what stuff to let visually tell its own story and then what stuff to keep as far as, like you said, a line for an actor to say, but yeah, I imagine it'd be pretty difficult. <laughs> so you do love the walking dead, which is cool. So jumping into the horror aspect of dystopian future has what, does, what made you decide to go with a zombie storyline besides, I don't know if it was just The Walking Dead or if it's just something you've always liked?
1: So when I fi- first finished my, my Apparent Power, which is a science fiction dystopian, I, as a treat to myself, went to a ghost town writers retreat in, in Georgetown, Colorado, and it was for predominantly horror writers. And so these people were my first people. Like this was my first introduction to living, breathing, writing people. Yeah. And they just welcomed me into this community. And I've always been a fan of horror, but I was a new writer. So I didn't really think of myself as a horror writer or even consider it as an option. When I was in the army, I read World War Z in in Iraq, and, which then caused a lot of stress dreams about zombies attacking the fob. So I... I would have these crazy dreams. And even now, like if I'm, if I'm too hot, like at night, like I love stress dreams about zombies. (laughs) It's a thing. So last summer when COVID, I say COVID ended, when I stopped working with um, COVID hospitals, I, uh, I stopped working. Like I just, I, I just, we moved across the country and I took a hiatus and I pounded out this story. It's been in the works for many years. It's been in the works for about 15 years, honestly. And I finally finished it. And being part of that horror community, I'm like, yes, I am finally part of the community. <laughs> like, I have published a horror book. Like I <laughs> Uh,
0: it's, it's good to hear that it could take that long because i've been working on a story for like three or four years and it's all just been researched so far and like character bios and putting together different scenarios and things
1: uh, be sure you put them all in the same place because then you write it on this napkin and that napkin and then you lose one. Oh yeah I actually
0: <laughs> just i actually just got done compiling it all into a bunch of word documents in a folder, so so yeah, that was a, actually I was looking for stuff the other day for quite a while. But so I mean, it's real quick, we're talking about dirty bombs. Do you have kind of like an elevator pitch you give people, or so the audience can? I mean, they know it's a zombie dystopian, but your kind of no, take on it. Oh.
1: G.I. Jane meets zombie apocalypse. That's that's
0: pretty, <laughs> pretty an accurate description. Uh, there is, I will say, won't give it away, but. The ending takes the character in a direction that I am definitely super unfamiliar with in the zombie genre. And it's, I would say it's super interesting. If if you like zombie or dystopian horror or fiction, I think you'll like the ending because it, it opens up a door I've never thought of in, that, in the zombie genre before.
1: It does, but, and I don't want to give it away, but there was...
0: But yeah, definitely just, I mean, even just for the ending. I mean, not just for the ending, but it takes, it's a, well, it's a super cliffhanger, but it's... I assume there are future books coming.
1: No, oh no. my goodness! I, <laughs> after my first series, and then stalling out the final book in that series, like I am just, I'm done writing series. So you just really kind of
0: am. going with the flow.
1: Yeah, I I would likely do a short story to okay. follow up from where. Uh, I was going to say
0: you can't, <laughs> you can't leave us with that. You can't leave us with that.
1: That's the freedom of being a writer. <laughs> Just ask George R. R Martin. You can totally leave it.
0: <laughs> you can. Yes. There are a few authors that do that. Yeah, I forget who the author is of like I think it's like name of the windows the story I wrote, but like his third book hasn't come out forever either. So oh, oh,
1: it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Especially when there's a lot of expectations and it's like I know how it ends. I just don't know how to get from there to there.
0: No, I understand. <laughs> that does bring us to another interesting thing I saw on your website, but you do coaching as well?
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. So my favorite thing, I get really excited and I, and I really held back because you're interviewing me, but I'm like, tell me more about your book. (laughs) (laughs) I just get so excited about people on their journeys um, and, and and writing. And I want, I have like this crazy success story. I have, I woke up like living in a writer's retreat. It is, unreal and I have everything I've ever wanted and I just want everyone to have that and I think anyone and everyone can have that so that's why I've picked up book coaching
0: well let's do this and I'm happy to pay we'll do a second part but I will book you for one and then I will write up an article about that and we'll release that after the interview as well that way in case any of our fans want to take you up on that service they kind of know what to expect and hopefully you can get some other future writers hit you up for that as well.
1: Well that would be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that's something we'll we'll do as well, guys. So if you want if you listen to this interview, watch for that as well. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. What got you into doing that? Just loving hearing other people's stories or loving I was directing.
1: So sick of healthcare. <laughs> I was so sick of healthcare and I I often just you know people ask a question or my friends who are writing books um will will ask a question and i'm like give me a call give me a call and we'll spend an hour on the phone just hashing out like where they're stuck what are the next steps i don't know what to do next and and i needed in my body i needed to get all this information organized. Sure. And so it it happened in such a way that now I have this beautiful website. I have fully automated services that that help me actually sit down with each individual writer and help them through whatever they need, whether it's plotting, getting started writing, marketing their services or marketing their their books, finding an agent, finding editors, the whole gambit, just because I've worked on both sides of traditional publishing and independent publishing.
0: So that's, that's definitely, I mean, I'm sure that's, well, I'll find out, but I'm sure that's a very helpful perspective to have, like just the process of like I said, I've just been doing a lot of like compiling background stories and scenarios and environments and things like that. But even getting to that next step of like actually starting, you know, the story and writing it out. It's pretty complicated. It's hard to think about. Well, I've been thinking about it, but it's hard to know which steps to take, when or what to do. So
1: It is. I actually, so since uh, I last sat down with Gabe, we I have published, I think I had two books out at that time. And now I have six fiction books. I have one nonfiction book and then two anthologies. My nonfiction book is actually a workbook for writers to put all their entire story, all the ideas, all the characters, all the scenes, all the ideas in one place. That way you could go back and you're like, oh yeah, I I, I plotted this. So now I got to get there and write it.
0: Yeah. I did see you add that. I think you had one coming out for like memoirs as well soon
1: you do have one coming out for memoirs because i was i actually started writing memoirs of adeshia <laughs> which is my memoir um the superwoman next door and then i come to the re- realization that the most exciting thing of my life which i've had i've done a lot <laughs> yeah i am not satisfied that that's it so sure, yeah. I- I'm, I'm almost positive, like, there's there are more steps to this journey, that there are more worthwhile things to experience before I sit down and, and write this book.
0: Yeah, what do I mean? I would hope we always feel like that. <laughs>
1: that I hope be. so,
0: too. That would be weird. I've done it all. There's nothing else.
1: It's not going to get any better than this. No, I I really think that they're are bigger things that and things that I can focus on. But I did develop the formula, so I figured I'd I'd help people out and share that with them.
0: Oh, definitely! I think any kind of tool you can get your hands on, as far as like streamline the process goes, I if I was looking at this like a few years ago, and I mean I might still, but I definitely would have picked up the other book as far as like compiling your ideas, because I had no idea what to do. I was just like, like you said, I have like scribbles in a notebook here and scribbles in a notebook there and a piece of paper over there and a word document over there. And yeah, I just
1: started in one notebook one time and I dropped it in the bathtub. <laughs> that has happened to me.
0: <laughs> I've not done that. I did lose one though, that I had a bunch of ideas on. I don't know what happened to it. The earth just oh, ate yeah. it. It's gone. But well, see, I want to thank you so much. It's getting about to that half hour point, but I've enjoyed talking to you. I enjoyed reading your book. It's guys. It's not, I mean it's that's such a weird thing this is not a hard read but it goes really fast i read it in just two three three days it's oh, a good sized book but has a great ending like i said a great cliffhanger ending and it's just a nice different perspective if you enjoy the horror dystopian zombie genre at all but it's
1: uh, pretty gritty with a bunch of f-bombs in it
0: it is it's for adults oh. <laughs> don't let your zombie loving children read it <laughs> A weird disclaimer but i have a niece whose absolute favorite show has been walking dead since she was like four.
1: Oh my goodness
0: it makes no sense at all but she, I think,
1: she grew up with judith
0: dude she just like watched the show one day and then wouldn't stop talking about it and then next time i saw her she watched zombie land and then would stop talking about that and i was just like you know four-year-olds aren't supposed to like this stuff
1: my five-year-old the closest thing she'll get to zombies is disney zombies and it is nothing like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like that. Yeah.
0: But again, I want to thank you so much for coming on. You can find us at, well, anywhere, Google, Instagram. Do you have your website? you want to plug?
1: Yes, everything is Daisha M. Arnold, com. I'm at Dacia M. Arnold, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter.
0: Well, thinking outside the long box, people, thanks so much for hanging out. And uh, we will see you later. Bye-bye.